Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. So we went into the Arcanalith cave, and we, Erock made some role and seemed to know a bunch about an Arcanalith, and yeah. told the group about their penchant for finery, <laughs> and their silk-tongued ways. But this one didn't seem all that silk-tongued, like maybe it had gone a bit insane for, from being here. Baron felt pity, gave her his holy vestments, <laughs> it's true, <laughs> thinking Morden would see the humor in this. <laughs> That made enough friendship with her that, that she let us know about the Titan and about the oh, hill geez. giant steading. We opted head towards the Titan with the promise that we will ultimately double back and help her get to that stead. Because really, we just got to get her there. Yep. We got to another long bridge, and at the end of that bridge, we saw another village. And they basically threatened us to not come with any weapons. I refused to put my weapon away, so I put it in my bag of holding. A lot of other weapons were left behind, and then we had to let make the hill giant stay behind, which means we had to make a bunch of rolls to try to cross the bridge again, and of course, it's just a waste of time to make those rolls. <laughs> we all fell off the bridge again. Nope. Some combination of gas, human ballooning, and ropes got us finally to the other edge. <laughs> we proceeded to win over the trust of a village that turns out to be a bunch of decent folk who just have found themselves here. Stunned by the ingenuity of this town folk, we decided to help them out. Worked on their town a little bit. Erock treated them to a, a night of leisure in his pocket mansion. Magnificent mansion. Yep. Mm-hmm. We also got to be chummy with what seems to be a paladin of... of you believe he's a paladin. Tear. He wanted to leave with us because he believed that he could do some sort of good. I challenged him to say, maybe this is your ultimate position for doing good. He didn't take the bait and decided to come along with us. Heroes Not Included As was recounted, we are picking up the story in the morning with you... Leaving the village with more Dan, headed towards the Titan's uh, temple, which is further down the way. I wish he was a magician, so I could call him Abraka Daniel. <laughs> His name is a Daniel. <laughs> more Dan. So. I thought that was like a surname. <laughs> like His name is Daniel Mordan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was an additional Dan to the family. <laughs> so it's a title. It's also Dan. a title. So have we crossed We crossed the bridge already, right? Yes. So you made your way out of town and made your way across the bridge to meet up with the hill giant who was waiting there all night for you, guarding the rest of your weapons. And They're maybe... gone now. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you we t- picked them up. Oh. 
That's and what I'm saying. It's like I dimension dart over and pick them up. You could tell her like you failed us. Our contract is broken. We don't have to help you. I'm good. <laughs> Why would I do that? Maybe it was the fact that you had a good night's sleep in a in a good bed with good food. But whatever the reason, Aspen, you look at the hill giant with fresh eyes, and you're not sure, but she kind of looks familiar. So the camera pans in on Aspen's face, and then it pans into his head, and in his head, you see a scene, a crumbling tower, and a tall gray man, and little tiny Aspen running after him, and inside the tower is a hill giantess, crying, Mm -hmm. crying and moaning, Oh, I remember that side. Well, I don't remember that side. Dust settles over the scene and clears. And before Aspen stands the same hill giantess. And then Aspen also thinks back. And another scene shows up in his head. And you see an icy mountaintop. And you see gigantic doors. And inside you see a pan of a room with all of these stone statues. And the camera stops on one, holding a boulder? Okay. <laughs> I, know. I can't that's, remember if that's the one that We've seen the god, uh, a representation of the god of hill giants. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a boulder. I think it was a club. Oh, he had a club. I always get him and the stone guy confused. The camera shifts over to the one with the club. Trick to Aspen. That's okay. We'll, we'll add a little lens flare. No one will know. And now she's here. Yeah, so, uh, yes, actually, you are correct, Aspen. You correctly remember that you have seen her before. and that Tanaka. In fact, she is uh, the hill giant that Jador unceremoniously <laughs> beat to death. I would be like, Tanaka, thank you. Thank you very much for waiting for us. We've, as you can see, we've picked up a friend. This is Mordan. Mordan, this is Tanaka. She just kind of grunts and nods at him. And I say, Tanaka, you're... So you're looking for Grolanthia, right? Yes. Well, we've heard that there is a steading of hill giants. That's not where you came from, right? No, Tanaka just wandering. Okay. Well, we got directions to this hill giant steading. But we're not heading in that direction. If I give you directions, can you follow them to the to the steading? They're more likely to know where your god is. You know? Where the steading is, yeah. I'll go there. Okay, so then I proceed to give her clear directions to the steading, which is like, okay, you go like... back to forks and make a left. All right, you give directions, and uh, you, you see a, a, a big smile on her face, and she says, Thank you. Thank you. I go find, I go find him now. Well, good luck, and may Grolantier bless you in whatever way he blesses people. And then I, I'm gonna make, like, a, I'm gonna use just, like, my minor illusion cantrip to kind of make, like, a little, like, a little waving, almost like a hologram of her god floating above my palm. Okay. And kind of, like, giving a thumbs up. (laughs) Waving. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. To kind of perk her up for her journey. Well, with that, uh, she uh, stomps on down the trail. 
So, now that you've said goodbye to your anchor, just want to remind you a little bit of how the wind and the ledges work again. Due to the wind and the extremely narrow ledges, you will need to be making regular dexterity acrobatics checks with disadvantage. You can eliminate the disadvantage if uh, you tie yourselves off to each other. Okay. I support that decision. Mm-hmm. And luckily for you, uh, Morden knows the way to the Titan's Temple. Have you been there? No, I've only heard stories. From whom? From the unfortunate individuals who have gone ahead of you. And I'm gonna go ahead and assume that none of them came back ever. A few did. A few were turned away. T- turned away? Not just killed on sight, though. Well, these weren't. Were they anything special? Why were they turned away and not killed? I cannot speak to the mind of a titan. Well, I don't imagine he's answering the door, though. He probably does not appreciate trespassers. So we will need to be extraordinarily careful. Can't flaw you there. Those are all very wise words. So, you guys tie off to each other, and you begin making your way down the trail. It doesn't take long to get into the hike when you realize that you really had something quite good going on inside the mansion. It was comfortable and it was nice and warm and what have you, but here you are surrounded by wind, bleak mountaintops, dirty and dusty trail that is all around just gray misery everywhere. Uh, You hike for a few hours until you make your way around a corner on the trail to find another bridge. And we will take a dexterity acrobatics check here. We spend some time planning this out. Doing a lot of rope tying. Um, that's a nine. Okay. Fifteen? Fifteen. Okay. Six. Six! All right. Let's, uh, have more damn roll here. Okay, well, thankfully, uh, two people in your party made their rolls. So all, all that you find yourselves doing, Baron and Aspen, is uh, falling off the bridge only to find yourself hanging. From two other people. From two other people. <laughs> who are hanging on to the bridge in attempts to try and keep you from falling further. Cool. It takes some, it takes some effort, because, well, Baron, you are dressed to the hilt in armor and what have you. Very light armor. Very light armor, but, uh, you know, you you are a, a well-fed dwarf. hmm <laughs> So you have a little heft, heft to you. You're hardy. But you are able to get back up on the bridge and make your way across. It seems you'll never get the hang of these bridges. This is not... This really isn't your favorite terrain. Upon crossing the rope bridge, Mordan says, I think that's the last of the bridges. From here, we climb higher up into the mountains. And he takes the left at a fork in the trail. When he said climb up, he was not kidding. The trail turns very steep, where you are almost climbing with your hands and feet. It's dusty, and it's dirty, and you notice, looking at the trail, that it hasn't been traveled often. In fact, the only footsteps, footprints, the tracks that you see 
at the moment, or the ones being made by the people in front of you. This continues for another couple hours until Mordan sits down at a flat spot and pulls out a pouch to uh, eat a few berries. It's time for lunch. I'm eating more than berries. Well, he just has what he has brought with him. Break off half of my hardtack. Yeah. And share it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a miserable place to have lunch. As you look out from the height that you are at now, you can look back over the way you came. And you can see the trail winding in and around uh, mountain peaks. You can see various rope bridges. And you can even see in the distance smoke rising from the village that you had left this morning. What color is this landscape? Browns and grays. This place is so boring. Ugh. Browns and grays. Like nothing here. <laughs> and yet majorly inconvenient at the same time. <laughs> it's like traffic. <laughs> you know those those roads in the Fay get pretty busy sometimes. <laughs> Wouldn't know. But it reminds me of the cave I lived in for twenty years. Let's <laughs> say you know, on some level Iraq probably feels a little like but uh, you're you know evil. Well not evil people don't live in caves. I just spent a lot of time reading. This place it's a is cave evil. Door. <laughs> and like a bo- it's like boring evil. Boring evil. It's like punishment. Maybe that is the evil. This whole place feels like punishment. <laughs> it certainly feels evil. <laughs> Can we establish this was neutral evil where we were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you feel incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Inspiration. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, after lunch. Uh, a bit of Aspen moaning, the trail continues on. The terrain along the road here grows even more extreme, believe it or not. The mountains rise taller and the canyons plunge deeper as if cut into the bedrock by an angry power. Ahead, the glint of white marble against the dark backdrop of the mountains marks the temple of the Titan. The road up to it seems particularly steep, but the footing oddly grows less treacherous. You think you can reach it in only a few minutes. Half an hour later, you finally make it to the temple's plateau. It was much farther away than you thought, but now that you stand before it, you see why it had looked so close. It was built to suit occupants 25 feet tall or taller. The temple sits nestled between high peaks which fail to dwarf this titanic edifice (laughs) the way they do everything else on this plane. More giant stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Big people. Seven times my height. (laughs) (laughs) Decent stonework though. That's all right. (laughs) Built of the same same stone as everything else, right? No, no, it's white marble in Greco-Roman style. I guess it has Only some unlike taste. the Greeks, it's not painted in bright, colorful, and gaudy fashion. It's starch, white in color, bleached almost. You see a large entry and stoa porch out in front of these two huge, large doors there. What about beings? Do we see any beings? You notice that the doors are open, 
And no, you do not see any beings. Not even with my ridiculously high passive perception? Not even with your you ridiculously look away. high <laughs> I'll look perception. out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> I look at Mordan, and I go, um, <clears throat> is this the only way in? He says, I don't know, I've never been here. Hmm. But I can't imagine that he would make it easy. He is the titan of weight intensity, after all. Weight is is spelled how? I don't understand. <laughs> W-E-I? I don't understand Feels like the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not Weight necessarily evil, right? He's the titan, and this is his plane. What if, what if he just really loves tormenting the evil? Like, was is he here as punishment, or did he... I mean, if you like tormenting the evil as opposed to just dispatching it, I think <clears throat> there's probably an argument that you have some evil elements to yourself. Possibly, yeah. Well, what there should we do? There don't appear to be any defenses? Nobody waiting at the door? No, there doesn't appear to be any defenses. My guess is he My doesn't fear much around here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that he doesn't really feel like that's a wise investment of his time or energy. <laughs> so, at this point, I don't know why we don't just take the straightforward approach. I mean, because it's... Perhaps the dwarf is still inside. Yeah. Uh, Let's like just proceed windows? with caution. Yeah. <laughs> go, f- go forth and proceed with caution. On the positive side, uh, if everything is scaled thusly, you might be able to sneak in unnoticed, seeing as how you are the shorty squad. Mm-hmm. It's true. And we kind of did that with the... I kind of did that with my party with the giants. We just kind of walked in, and eventually they did see us, but they didn't see us until we found them first, so... I think let's go in. All right, let's do it. All right, you we're, are, we're here to seek an audience, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you're here seeking no, the dwarf. Yeah. You're seeking the dwarf. I don't want to talk to the titan if we can avoid it. Okay. Uh, you approach the entry in Stoa, and you notice that the stairs leading up to it, heading up forty feet or so, each step in the staircase leading up to the top, is six feet high. So it will require some climbing. <laughs> on all your parts. Okay. <sighs> Let's get this show over with. To get to the top where the huge porch is. And the porch is supported by uh, marble columns, which extend high overhead to the roof. It's kind of hard to imagine how a temple this beautiful could exist on this plane. But at the top, it looks like you can see two immense double doors. It's tough to judge their height, from where you are at the bottom of the steps, but they look to be made of carved bronze and wood. Images carved on the doors seem to depict some kind of violence, but again, tough to make out from where you are. So, with that, uh, athletics checks, please, to see how well you do your climbing. That's a good five. Five. Yeah. You know, six feet, man. That's a big step. It's hefty. Fourteen. Aspen, you're having a little bit of success? I go. See you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) And jump eight feet straight up. (laughs) Okay. Well, that gets you up one step. Yep. Isn't it we're going to do a curl for each step here? (laughs) Boink. I keep going. Boop. 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 Uh, it takes uh, some doing. Thankfully, Mordan is about six feet tall. 
So he just boost. Kind of serve, <laughs> serves as a human ladder, if you will, helping to kind of boost people up and over each one of these steps. Until finally you get to the top. And there, from the top of the porch, you have a better look at the doors. And you would guess that the doors are probably around 60 feet tall. And the violent image carved into the doors seems to be some kind of battle involving beings fighting each other. And you can hear the sound of activity coming from within. I thought the doors were open. They are. That's why you can hear it. The sound of activity coming from within. We can't see what's within at all? Like the lighting isn't right? Yes, that's part of it. Like what's what it? kind of sound? Can I, like, perceptify the sounds to see if you I can... can give me a perception check. Uh, and anyone else is welcome to give me a history check on the doors. If 18. You're I'm not terrible at history. 11. History. 10. <laughs> 10. <sorry>. 10. <laughs> It looks like some sort of large beans with a significant amount of power fighting each other. Aspen, in terms of the sounds that you hear coming from within, you hear muffled conversations. You hear the sound of footsteps on stone. You also hear the sound of wood or metal against stone. Like a... Pounding or a scraping or a... A little bit more like a scraping or people moving about or things getting moved about. It doesn't sound like it's in any way specifically directed or ordered. It sounds like the place is occupied. Okay. Well, I don't think there's anything for it, guys. Let's go peek in. Yep. Does someone want to sneak in or do you all want to just kind of march in there? Why don't you do some scouting? Yeah, I can scout in. Okay. Give me a stealth roll. Why did you roll it twice? Because I have disadvantage because of my armor. Mm. Um, I still got a 28. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you rolled like a 15 and an 18? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you sneak in through the double doors. And you notice that it, they open up into a huge, huge, vast main hall which is lit poorly by smoky torches and sconces on the columns supporting the ceiling. A radiance from the back of the hall eclipses the glow of the torches there, however. The brightness comes from a throne at the far end of the hall. The floor is immaculate, white marble tile. And doors in every wall lead further into the temple proper. You also notice that due to your height and your rather high degree of stealth, that you were able to pass right under a window in the wall, looking out to the entryway. You see a large human standing in the window, but he has not seen you as you snuck right underneath it. Large humanoid? Titan-sized. Hmm. There's a, wait a minute, there's a, what am I, a window? Mm-hmm. So you have an entryway mm-hmm. that opens up to a great hall. You have a window here looking into the entryway. Oh. And because you are part of the shorty squad and stealthy, you went right underneath where the window is. Okay. And it was only when you kind of looked around, you turned around, and you saw behind you, you were like, oh. So that is what you see. You see over, looking back at the grand hall, you see to your left, off in the corner, a long table measuring 120 feet or more. 
with chairs, all sized for a giant person. And are there people in here milling there are, about? There's no one milling about. The place is empty. And how many doors are in this room? Well, from what you can see, you count six, two of which that seem to open up behind the throne, and two which open up directly opposite the throne, and then one on each side. So two, two, one, and one. Okay. I guess I go to the left. Okay. Over by where the big table was. What's on the other, what's opposite it? Empty. Just a big hall. Occasionally there's a pillar holding up the roof. Maybe I'll go to the right. All right, you make your way through the main hall, and the hall is quite large. You see Aspen ducking behind pillars. From where you entered to get to the door in the right side of the hall is some 400 feet. Whoa! Thankfully, because it is so poorly lit and you have such an incredible... Incredible stealth roll. You're able to get through to the door with relative ease. I thought you said there was nobody in here. Do you open the door? Is there a keyhole? No. Is there a gap under it? Yes. Gap big enough that I can see under? No. It's very well made. Can I try and use sleight of hand to open the door gently, just like a creak? How are you going to get to the doorknob? I don't know. How tall is it? Well, it's... I have uh, Mage Hand. Well, yeah, you can use Mage Hand to open the door. That's a great way to do it. It's a 25-foot tall door. I use Mage Hand. Okay. Use Mage Hand and cast it, and it goes up there, and it turns the knob and pulls the door open. And you see a hallway. Looking north along the hallway, you see a door, a little alcove, and then the hallway turns west. Looking south along the hallway, you see two doors before the hallway then turns west. Giving you the sense that the hallway must run around the outside perimeter of the main hall. So there's a total of four doors here before the hallway turns west, either in the north or in the south. I want to look at the doors. You starting with the northernmost door, the door right in front of you, or the southernmost door? guess the door nearest me. The door nearest you is in a small little alcove. Okay. You notice that there's no lock on it. Okay. You don't hear anything coming from behind the door, so you use Mage Hand again to open the door. You see that this room is filled with art. It would appear that the Titan considers himself an artist. Hmm. Among the treasures here in the room are crystalline statues, epic paintings, busts of gods and creatures that you have never seen before, and so forth. In fact, it is almost impossible to describe how perfectly done these sculptures are and how beautiful these things are to view. The room is an absolute beauty, and it's hard to imagine that whoever created these could be a titan of weight density. Uh, but the pieces are huge. They are yeah, scaled yeah. Yeah, to yeah. the so titan's So I back up and I size. shut the door. Okay. There's one uh, just north of you and two south of you. So I guess I go to the one south of me. You're going to go to the two south of you and not the one north of you? 
Yeah, because the one north of me is closest to the end is the closest to the entrance as it would be, right? No, the entrance is south. Oh, well then I'm going to the north one. Okay. Uh, the door has no lock and opens easily. As soon as you open the door, you hear a voice shout, "Don't let it close, my God!" If you're enjoying this Heroes Not Included episode, you can follow us on Twitter at HNI underscore podcast for the latest news and show updates. Also, please consider becoming a patron. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Okay, so I use my mage hand to keep the door open. You see a rather peculiar room. Inside there is no latch, and had you not grabbed a hold of the door, it would have swung shut of its own accord. Mm-hmm. Its marble textures mesh nearly seamlessly with the wall, so that if it was to close, you could see how it would disappear. The entire room is covered in white marble and has been crafted in such a manner that it is impossible to see where ceiling, floor, and wall begin or stop. And in the middle of these, you see a dwarf. He looks rather ragged. Looks like he has seen better days. But he is smiling from ear to ear. (laughs) And he says, What brings a basher like you in here? Keep your voice down. I'm sneaking. Oh, well... You snuck right into the prison is what you wounded. Are you Zer Cook? Aye. Okay, well, be quiet and come with me. And I touch him. You're right, let's get out of here. And touch him, and I turn him invisible. Okay. Well, oh, that's a neat trick. Actually, you know what? I'm... I could have used that one earlier. Shh, don't make me cast silence, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually I'm going to cast invisibility on both of us. Okay. I'm going to spend a third level slot. Okay. Um, and then I'm just I'm gonna grab him by the hand uh-huh. when I do that and just pull him. Is that going to interfere with your mage hand that is holding the door open? No, mage hand doesn't require concentration and lasts for a minute. Okay. So you sneak out into the hallway and he says, Right this way. Where are you going? No no no, we're going. This this is, way. The portal's this way. I don't want to stay here any longer than I have to. I gotta get my friends first. I left them outside because they're not sneaky like some dwarves I know. Well, why didn't you bring them with you? Because, sir, what did I just say? <laughs> the portal's right there. Right there, you see that door? I will it's bring, right there. I will bring you back. And my hand's going over. Oh, it. yeah, this is going to work out very good. <laughs> oh, it's right there. How good friends are they? They came with me to hell to find you. <laughs> well, this doesn't happen to be hell. This happens to be carcery. <laughs> Could just let the door shut. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. We'll be back. Thinking real hard. Okay, make a persuasion check. He does not want to be here any longer than he has to. So let's see if you can persuade him to Don't assist. Make me cast suggestion on you. Then we back. can't be invisible. <sighs> we established that I was given inspiration at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. RP. I'm spending it. Spend it. Is it literally the same thing? It's a two. It's a two. It's the same thing I rolled the first time. You 
Lovely dice. So what do you say? This is your argument. Let's hear it. My friends and I came here to find you, and we found you, but I have to get them before we can leave. What? Well, who are these friends of yours, anyway? Baron Brawnanvil, and Erock, and some guy we just picked up in a town of misfits, but he's pretty cool, okay? They're worth it. They're dwarves. Two of them are dwarves. Oh, they're dwarves? Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Let's go say hello! <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he starts making his way down the hall to the door that you came through that leads to the main hall, you think, based upon his footprints. I have him by the hand. I haven't no. let go. Well, he's just walking away. Okay. Well, we're walking. Yeah, we're okay. walking quiet. He says, you got to wait to get this door open. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, hmm. Can we just walk around? Doesn't this hallway just go around? Right. Well, if you go that way, you're bound to end up in front of the Titan, because he lives right around the corner. If you go that way, you're going to end up in front of his gutters. So you tell me. You're the one who got in here. We're invisible, my dude. Right. You still got to open a door. So pick your door. Will Mage Hand cancel it? Is that the problem? Yeah. Well, you can just maybe make him make a stealth roll. Okay, I can do this, but it's gonna cancel our invisibility, so you're gonna have to be sneaky, okay? You're gonna have to work with me on this. Hey, I got in here, didn't I? You ended up in the prison, not giving me a whole lot of hope. That wasn't my fault. Um, so I cast Mage Hand and open the door. Okay, you open the door and you uh, make your way into the main hall. And as you're making your way along the main hall, he's like, Oh, man, this thing is so I stick big. my hand over his mouth. Okay. Be quiet. Oh, Do right, make right, sorry. Make suggestion on you. Sorry. This thing is really quite large. It's quite amazing. <laughs> the Homer Simpson whisper. <laughs> Can you imagine how long it would have taken to build? I'm making, I'm, I'm keeping my hand over his mouth. Okay. Oh, there's some great carvings over there. Let's go over and take a look at that while we're going. Gonna make me waste all of my spell slots. All right. On your belligerent dwarf. So character. I need a new stealth check. He's not belligerent. Herbert Jacks. Eighteen. Eighteen. All right. This is my inside voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You make your way four hundred feet along the main hall until you get between the throne and the main entrance way. And you turn and head south towards the main entrance way. Which is 120 feet. And from here, there's no doors, right? 120 feet deep and 160 feet across. So, yeah. There's just the window. You see, eventually, coming out of the darkness of the temple towards the front doors, you see Aspen. And you see he has a dwarf in tow who looks as though he has seen better days. His clothes are rather torn and disheveled. I bet that's the dwarf! <laughs> His hair looks a little mangy, but he's grinning from ear to ear. And as soon as he sees it, he says, Oh, it's good to see yes! some dwarves! <laughs> yes. yes! Oh, it's snow! Shh, <laughs> don't... Hey, we'll, we'll talk later. He says, Right, where are you from? Oh, God, not this again. <laughs> he says, I'm from Felbar. We know that one. Do we? So I give him a massive slap on the shoulder. Okay. And I say, I'm from Mithril Hall. Oh, that's a beautiful place. And we should go there, but we should get out of here. <laughs> he says, he says, wait, what's your last name? 
Braun Anvil. And I oh, I know a Braun Anvil from Mithril Hall. Ah, uh, he was an ambassador. Yeah. Conrad. <laughs> right? Conrad. Oh, he is a good drinker. He's my cousin. Let me see here. He's my second cousin. He's related to me. <laughs> he's my second cousin's <laughs> nephew's uncle? My, no, my uncle. Second twice. Right, he's older than me. That's right. So, uh, anyway... Totally. Could love to have this conversation anywhere but here. Anywhere but here. <laughs> Literally anywhere but here. Says, oh, right, yeah. Says, uh, so I was going to go to the portal, but uh, the wee one over here wanted me to come back and say hello. Because we're all going to go to the portal together. Yes. Well, we best get going. I go, do you have the key? No, you don't need a key. Oh, Great. Good portal. <laughs> the only thing I could understand in the planes was that portal key, and now this one doesn't need one. I know. Well, the key is the uh, is difficult to explain. We can talk later. <laughs> then I say... How are we going to do this? I say, little buddy, you scout ahead, just barely ahead of us, like 30 feet. And then I say, we're going to be very quiet. Shh. And when I say shh with my finger, you notice that we become... Very quiet. Completely silenced. And then you see me going... Moving your lips, and gesturing at me, and pointing, and pointing in your eyes, and then pointing in my eyes, and making movements about moving forward, and thumbs up. But no sound whatsoever. Yeah. But no sound whatsoever. <laughs> Baron has forgotten that we cannot communicate. <laughs> we can't communicate. <laughs> but it occurred to him the second after he cast it. And then I turned to you and go, it occurred to me... But you're not hearing anything. It's like... <laughs> do you have access to uh, uh, silence, though? I do. Because you're only level, a first level. level third. Oh, I think it's first level. I thought I think it's a second level spell. Uh, it is a second level spell. Oh. Oh, it's a second level spell. Yeah, I was gonna say that's uh, that'd be impressive. That's all that I would do <laughs> if I wasn't so far from the gracious lands. So right, you say shh. And he goes right. Let's be quiet. Yeah, yeah. And I go wait. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Hate this place. Um. All right, as you guys sneak in, I need some stealth rolls, please. I mean, I can, I can cast invisibility. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you but hear that? maybe we can create a com- uh, uh, Maybe we can go push over some big brazier, and it'll just go wah 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 wah, just echo through this place like crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clank 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 clank. <laughs> Wonder what would happen if you reached into your bag of holding and just thought, distraction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but okay. That apparently worked. Yeah, okay. I guess we're just rolling then. All right. You can't cast Bless? I can't cast William and plus uh, Guidance. Well, I cast Mage Armor. You bless up to three. <laughs> so that's on the record. Attack roll or saving throw. <laughs> But Just guidance, so we're aware. <laughs> guidance a little bit. What does guidance do? Guidance yeah. could work. You touch one willing creature once before the spell ends. The target can roll a d4 and add that number rolled to one ability check of his choice. So you could do that for one person who you think might have a hard time with stealthy. Me. Yeah. Morden, save me. All right, roll those stealths. That's good. Gonna I'm at a disadvantage, though. Uh, that's still 26. <laughs> plus 12 for you, right? Plus 13. plus 13. Your disadvantaged roll is higher than the average very hard DC. I'm plus 1. 
-hmm. So, let's see how this that's goes. That's what my charisma is. Hey, that's 15! Hey, 15, all right. That's, I didn't oh, It was Lord. very hard, and you did it. Yeah. 13. 15 and 13? Yep. And then... That's when it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> the pitter-patter of little feet. All right. So you follow Aspen into this grand hall, and you see the throne, and you see how it is lit, and you see its size, and it's really quite extraordinary. And Aspen leads you to the east, taking you to the right. And you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. And by the time you get to the door, you've counted that you've traveled over 400 feet inside just this hall. Until you come to a door that's 25 feet tall, with a doorknob. And at that point, Zara Cook says, Right, use your handy thingy. I use my mage hand, indeed. You open the, the door and you step into a hallway that you notice is 40 feet wide and 60 feet tall. Zara Cook immediately heads north. And as he's making his way north, he uh, stops along the way near where the wall meets the floor. And you see he uh, picks up a little piece of white marble. He makes his way all the way north until just as the hallway turns and heads west, you see a door. And he says, Right, this is the portal. Now, if you don't have one of these, and he holds up a little piece of marble, and he says, All it's going to do is let you into the storeroom. But, aha, I have the key. And he holds the little piece of marble up to the door. And you notice that the storeroom door disappears. The portal begins to form this sort of blue swirling mass of clouds. And he says, Right! In we go! Yeah, I'm yep. through. Yep, run right there. Boom. Statistically, our odds of being somewhere better than this are high. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse, but the chance is high. <laughs> you uh, go flying through the portal, stumbling, tumbling over yourself. I yell, suck it, Titan! And then... <laughs> <laughs> Tumbling through trans-dimensional space until finally, Baron, you feel yourself squeezed. Uncomfortably so. Super tight. Until you pop, literally, out of a window. Hmm. And find yourself in sigil. Oh. What a relief to see this place. I never thought I'd say it. <laughs> Huge sigh. Iraq, you should summon Archimedes. Oh, right. Nah. <laughs> in fact... I'm going to tell him about this moment. In fact, you Mutiny! notice, Baron, that you're right across the street from the city courthouse. Oh, yeah, I like that place. <laughs> and you see Zara Cook's there, and he's brushing off his clothes, and he goes, Oh, whew, I never thought I'd get out of there. Yeah, we, we should go back to Beatles. Yeah. What? Hey, someone desperately wants to talk to you. Beetle? Mm-hmm. Oh, what does that gnome want? <laughs> hey, excuse me. A gnome just saved your butt. Hey, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. I said, what does that gnome want? As in Beetle. Hey, let's go find out. <laughs> right, let's go talk to Beetle. Who will also pay us. Right, well, yeah, he probably wants money. <laughs> so you guys make your way around until uh, about an hour later you find yourselves out in front of Beetle's shop. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we, we chew the fat. 
about Which, various topics. If you recall, is Beatles Bobs and Wheezes. He walks into the shop and he goes, Ah, oh, Beetle! Oh, what is it you want? You send these fellows after me now. And you see Beetle kind of comes around the corner and he goes, Ah, oh, Zaracook! It's so good to see you. Yes, I have several questions. The first of which, when are you going to pay me? <laughs> I told you I'll pay you as soon as I happen to have the money. Unless, of course, one of these fine gentlemen would be happy to take care of the problem. And Beetle says, Oh, I didn't realize you were all that close. Sir Cook owes me 2,000 gold. Yikes. We are definitely not that close. Also, I just saved your butt, so if anybody's owing anybody here, it's going the other direction. He says, well, Sarah Cook, if you would just wait one moment. I believe we have business to conclude, and he turns and he looks back at you, and he says, if I'm not mistaken, you are interested in this rune key. We are, yes, that is true. And if I am also not mistaken, I believe the deal was, bring me Sarah Cook, and I will sell it to you for 2,000 gold. Correct. Yep. Still interested? Yep. Yes. Outstanding. So if you have the gold, it kind of looks the three of you. Does it have to be in sigil currency? That depends on the quality of the gold. I think it's acceptable, and I pull out a pouch and hand him a few coins as a sample. Okay. He looks at it, he bites one. Yes, that will do nicely. All right. I give him 2,100 gold pieces. Ooh. As a favor to being accepting of foreign currency. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, waves his hand over the case containing it and reaches in, pulls it out, and hands it to him. He says, now you will need to find a capable smith who can affix this to the item. Hey. <laughs> I think we know one of those. I don't know. This involves planar magic. He says, you should find that to help significantly. Oh. This is the thing that will keep my weapon tuned. If you can affix the rune correctly. And do I think that I would have the right ability? Do you think you do? Yes. Okay. Do you actually do? Questionable. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. But do you? Th yes. Abs Baron absolutely thinks he's capable of it. <laughs> and it just has to be affixed to it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it'll look like an ornament Good on the... Wood glue. Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla glue. <laughs> <laughs> Done. He says, well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your help. As he does that, I pull out a bag, uh -huh. a, a pouch, and I drop it in his hand, and I go, I believe you'll find Zara Cook has paid. Oh. He kind of opens him up, and he looks, and he goes, well, this is rather disappointing. And he kind of looks over at Zara Cook, and Zara Cook's like, right, see, I told you, find outstanding dwarves. <laughs> And you see Beetle look out the window to the street. And you see standing out in the street are two devils. And he looks out of the street and he just shakes his head. And they see the both, they kind of slump their shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. And kind of begin to walk away. And he looks at Zerakuk and he says, Well, then your debt is paid. Now, get out of my shop. <laughs> Zerakuk plays dangerous games. Apparently so. <laughs> he bows real deeply. Kind of makes this big swirling motion with his hand and he says always a pleasure beetle <laughs> and then waddles his way out of the shop into the street all right so uh we have a, a new review 
This is from DM Nick. It's titled Good Story and Characters. It's a five-star review on iTunes. And DM Nick writes, I just listened to the fine folks from Heroes Not Included today for the first time, and I felt compelled to leave a review immediately. This Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Actual Play podcast is a joyful listen. The DM obviously has a great depth of knowledge of the world of Feyrun, as well as a talent for storytelling. The players clearly love the game and their characters. If you're looking for a rich story told by devoted podcasters, I think you've found your place. So, all right. Well, thanks, DM Nick. We love getting reviews like that. We are very happy to hear that you were compelled to leave a review immediately. You are right. I do know the world of Feywin pretty well, but as for whether or not they love their characters, I don't know. Zach, you, you love your character? Erock is basically me with magic, so I do love myself, yes. And a lot of self-love? <laughs> a lot of self-love. That, that's good. What, what about you, Richie? Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you shorter with a hammer? Yep. This is just me finding my best me. <laughs> Living my best self <laughs> through escapism. <laughs> What, what about you, Aspen? Uh, Grayson? Aspen? Well, I mean, I think there are parts of Aspen that are definitely like me, but I don't know that I would be doing nearly any of the, the cool stuff that Aspen does. Aspen, I think Aspen's a lot cooler than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, all right. Well, you know, there you heard it here first, DM Nick. There's a lot of self-love <laughs> at this table. <laughs> you and saw I, what happened when we tried to play characters that were not very much like us. <laughs> He was stoic! <laughs> he was stoic. Until he was drunk. It was so Until evil. he was drunk, and then I played him drunk. Listen to seasons one and two. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Thank you, DM Nick, for the great review. It's great to have you here listening, and uh, we hope that you continue to enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all our episodes on Podbean and on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today using your favorite podcast app. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally, our podcast is supported by Josh Heddle, Allison McManus, Shane Fetters, Jake McNinch, and Amy Trout, along with all our awesome patrons. To become a patron and gain access to our special patron-only podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next time, be the hero.